it strikes me as odd that someone would have religion on one in their life and also a psychiatrist. Club Random. You're not like in the tabloids yet. You're going to be. Well, people don't want to talk about me. I'm, you're wrong. I, they, you you're know, wrong. like I trust was... me, you're wrong. Alan. I know. <laughs> Very think, nice to meet you. You think I don't know who's coming? <laughs> I barely do, by the way. I'm a newcomer to some people. You don't know. No, 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 no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I've seen your show. So of, of... I, I have to tell you, like, when you were coming over here, I was like, because they do a million jokes, like, on how big you are. That's like, right. you know, which is funny. I love the your show. It's very well written. It is. And you're great in it. Um, I didn't say you could sit down. <clears throat> you want to sit? No. <laughs> Make yourself at home. No. Uh, this is my but, podcast. Like, I was <laughs> like, I got to see this guy because, like, they make all these fucking jokes. Like, is he really, like, uh, insanely huge or is he just a big guy? And now I have my answer. I'm really not. You right. know, I you're just a, you're a big guy. A big but, guy. You know, but you're not like, <laughs> it's like Sasquatch and, you know, yeah. they have those. But, you know, it's big enough for the part. I st- I, I'm, I'm kept humble by people that come up to me and they're like, either you're way bigger than I thought you were or you're not nearly as big as I thought you were. I'll get, I'll get both in the same day. So I remember I, I met uh, Bruce Smith. Do you know football? Not really. He was like a huge, one of the best um, defensive ends, I guess, for, played for the Buffalo Bills who went to the Super Bowl like four years in a row, never won it, sadly, for them. But they were great. And he was like one of the best defensive players ever. And I met him. I was like, oh, wow. He's not that big. Right. <laughs> you know, he's just good. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know. yeah, I was, there was a huge asterisk by this. This is, a, I was never supposed to be Reacher. They were trying very hard to find somebody who fit that iconic six foot five, 250 pound frame. What are you? I'm six three, and I was 205 oh. pounds. I was like a marathon runner. I was like a jockey when I, booked, when I booked this thing, when they came at me. And so I, I had to put on weight for this role. It's hysterical to me that they cast in the movie and Tom Cruise, who is known for using an Apple box. Oh, really? <laughs> if, he's in a, if he's in a scene with his kids, you yeah. know, he's like known to be a shrimp a little bit, you know, on the short side. And not that I'm very tall, but I think I'm taller than him. But if you've written 10 books and you have the, the biggest star ever saying they want to play oh, your yeah. character, like you'd make a couple concessions. You bring bother, out the Apple box. It didn't bother me one bit. I'd never heard of the book. I, I, it, not a book I would read. Um, still haven't, and I don't need to. Now I have the show. Yeah. You know, and the, the mo- I enjoyed the Tom Cruise movies. Tom Cruise is, you know, obviously the most reliable movie star. Like, I can't think of a movie of his that bored me. None. None. Never. And many, many. In- including are- the Reacher films. Including the Reacher films. Yeah. It didn't bother. I didn't give a shit. It's a kick-ass movie. I mean, I'm the, they're not, he's not really, you know, uh, maiming these people. Right. It's just good fun. And, you know, and everything you build around the action is important. I'm telling you, your, your show, I don't know who writes it, but they did a hell of a good job. Thank you. They do a good they job. Stuck. We got a good, there's a good, there's a, there's a room, there's a writer's room. Nick Santora, I, I would give credit for that. He's... Um, uh, just incredibly talented. Um, yeah. And has captured the tone and the levity of Reacher perfectly. So is that, that's in the books? Totally. I, I couldn't believe how funny the books were when I read them. I, oh, is I that thought right? it was just, yeah, I just thought it was like a, 
I just thought it was pure action. I don't know, action and drama. And right. the, the character's funny, and there's a lot of levity, and the fact that he, he's so socially awkward is hilarious, and it's disarming. And um, Actually, he's quite articulate. I mean, he has like lots of... On little... this show, he doesn't say much in the books. Oh, really? <laughs> I, no. thought I, was, I thought I was yeah. hitting the lottery because I was like, I'm not going to have to learn any lines. And then, I, and then I get a nine-page monologue the first day, and I'm like, so, so I'm delivering all the exposition. I see. I see. Um, but it's yeah. fun. And the way it's handled is... It's, uh, yeah, it's you know, I mean, I remember <laughs> reading for parts, and like you'd think you'd nailed it, and then like you'd see you got it, and they go, okay... That guy just was this. Right. You know, and that, those, you know, there's no shame in that, that you're just this guy. Totally. And you are, right? It I mean, seems to, it seems to be true for me no, right now. I mean, now. even like personality wise, you seem like the, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about you, personal life, but am I wrong to guess you know, that? <clears throat> You know, Reacher is much more stoic than I am. I, I, I love people so much. Really? And that's why I'm here. I don't. I just, <laughs> I, 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 deeply, I deeply love, I, I have an affection for people. And, um, you know, I'm... I'm uh, I do too. I mean, my, the, I'm so blessed with so many. When you get older, you know, you collect people just the way you collect all the shit in this room and everything yeah. else in life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's good. Not at all. You know, I, I would say I, I work with a psychiatrist. I just started working with a psychiatrist. And the number for one you? theme. Yeah, for me. And the number one theme in this conversation is you have to plug in, like to put people in your life, you know, to, uh, uh, just, to, just to broaden your landscape because I'm so intensely private and so self-reliant and such a lone wolf. That's Reacher. That, that's what that I just is, said to you. It is Reacher. <laughs> so it I is, was right. That, that is Reacher. But do you but have I, a house? I don't. I don't. No. Oh. <laughs> I just sold my house because I'm never there. I'm never. So what do you walk on the road like? Like <laughs> I just I live out of like Airbnbs and that's stuff where I, where I work. I mean, dude, I I have not wow. had a day other than the strike. I have not had a single weekend off in like two years. I go from project to project with no time wow. in between. It's been very a very good run. Um, and I'm yeah, ne- and, gonna... I, and I'm never home, and uh, and I like it that way. And I, I I've got three kids, and I've got a wife, and oh. we all travel together, and we homeschool our kids. And oh, you like Reacher, but he brings his kids on the road. Yeah, a little more than a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I saw the trailer. They sent me the trailer. I guess it's not out yet, right? The movie, the World War II Ministry movie. Ministry of Unch- Yes, yes, yes. Now, for something like me, that looks really great because World War II, big World War II buff. Um, and had you heard of Anders Lassen? No. Or the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare? This is the, this is, is that de- a real declassified. Thing? This is declassified. This is Winston oh. Churchill's brainchild, and uh, these documents were just recently declassified, and there was a book written about them. So this movie is loosely based on that book. Of course, it's Guy Ritchie, so it's got his. Um, oh yeah, Guy Ritchie. It's, it's got his his spin on it, you know. But um, what's he like? That working with him was creatively the scariest. <laughs> I, I noted the pause <laughs> the air goes out of the room. Like, uh, let me, so just to put it in context, what, you know, from from a performer's perspective, right? I I, I am super intense with my work, and uh, so 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 I'm playing this historical figure, Anders Lassen, World War II figure, who part of the first special forces mission in history, essentially. And this is a Danish aristocrat in World War II who learned English and, you know, from British aristocracy, so a, a, a fine and muddled accent. I needed to prepare for this role. He's an oh, archer, bad. you know. Have so you ever be- done an accent in a movie? Yeah, like, you know, I've got a movie coming out tonight, actually. Um, 
you know, a, a Kentucky accent. You are busy. He's a busy boy. <laughs> you got a movie coming out tonight? It's, it's, really? This, today. What's that movie? Uh, Ordinary Angels is also based on a true story. Um, the, the headlines in the 90s were Snow Baby. This is about a, a father who loses his wife to a rare genetic disorder, and his daughter comes down with the same thing. And so he's, it, he's, he's in a fight. It's, you know, man versus uh, institutions and medicine and hospitals and uh, debt and uh, nature to try to save this little girl. It's a comedy. It's all, the funniest movie I think I've ever made. <laughs> and uh, Hilary Swank <sighs> plays uh, Sharon, this, this uh, woman who's got... She's Love a, Hilary Swank. She's uh, incredible. She's Boy. incredible in the movie. Sh- Sharon in, in, in the story... She seems like a nice person. She's like... The, Hillary or Sharon? Yeah, Hilary Swank. Um, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's genuinely a very down down to earth person, and uh, was so generous to take take this space with me. I mean, I was she didn't know who I was before doing this, and she, you know she was just told he's on the project, and do you like the script? And she said she would do it, and there was a little apprehension I could tell when we met of you know this kind of this air of like you better be good, you know, and uh, that's good for you. And the first scene that we did together, she grabbed me by the shoulder at the end and said, "Cut." I'm so glad you're doing this movie. Oh, that's great! You're so good. Yeah. So yes. she was she was real sweet, and then and and now you know we're, we're you know we've been good friends. So um, she's great, but uh, she plays this character who is a town drunk and um, decides just on a whim to help this family. She sees a headline in the paper and decides I'm going to move heaven and earth to help this little girl. Totally platonic, um, you know, a relationship between her and, and the father, and she helps save this girl. And uh, you know, it was it's a it's a very inspiring movie. Uh, you you know, at the premiere, uh, Lionsgate handed out Kleenex to everybody in the audience, and not one was dry at the end of the film. It's, really? It's a beautiful movie, and, um, mm. you know, um, wholesome and, and so that's fun in the for everybody. So that's, that's, that, oh. that, that's out today. So um, I guess when people are seeing I this, I guess movies out. are going back to. Opening in the theaters, huh? We are, yeah. You know, thank you, God. Thank God for Lionsgate. They're, they're, they're. Not only are they taking a swing at oh, at the Lionsgate. theaters, Lionsgate, but but they're taking a swing at original. You know, at either you know true stories or um, you know s- s- smaller impactful films or things like Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare is also Lionsgate. That's a high concept, original. You know, a piece of IP. So. They're 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 filling that very difficult space with that like between twenty and seventy million dollars. You have to sell me on Lionsgate. I made they, they, a, I made him one movie, my movie called Religious. I don't know if you ever. Heard I've seen of it. it. Oh, okay. It was great. It is great. I mean, Larry Charles, the brilliant director who did Borat and Bruno, he and I we went and did this movie fifteen years ago. Wow, seems. Was that Lionsgate that distributed that? And all I mean, first of all, nobody would do it today, but. Only Lionsgate would do it back then. I will always be so indebted to them because I feel the same way. With you know, I, I, I mean, my manager, my ex manager at the time, Brad Gray, was head of Paramount, and of course, you know, we were close, and he was like, "We could do it." And I said, "You know what? You know what'll happen, Brad, is that um, people will start to complain and say, if you release this movie, or blah blah blah, show it here, do that, um, then we're not going to support." X, Y, and Z, and they had, you know, Mission Impossible franchise and stuff. They had oh, pressure to put on them. Lionsgate alone was like, fuck all of you. We're going to put this movie on. Now, they wouldn't show it in many states. Probably oh. the ones where you can't get an abortion. <laughs> right, yeah. Probably the ones where it wouldn't have performed. Um, really, but. but it did great. It was At the time it came out, it was the seventh most successful documentary ever made. Oh, wow. Yeah, it did really, really 
But, you know, of course, the material was going to be offensive to any religious people, which is still most of the country, and even though it was not mean-spirited. You know, it was it was not looking down on Christians or, you know, we, we one of the first places we went was a truck stop church in outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, truckers, and it's a little shed out in the parking lot. Right. And they have a mass there, and they, you know, and I spoke to them there, and one guy, like, walked out right away. Right. It was like, if you're making fun of my God, man, I don't want any part, you know. And But the other one stayed, and we had a really good dialogue. Interesting. You know, they weren't, um, we wound up hugging it out, and... Um, you know, do you feel like you? They were. Do you feel like you learn anything from that audience when you talk to people from that space? Um, I'm always up for learning something. I mean, my favorite three words are I don't know because if I say that, I always learn something. So, um, you know, if you can tell me, usually it's the other way around. Quite frankly, because people <laughs> they're religious, they don't know anything about their own religion. Most Christians, maybe you're one of them. Um, you're Christian, right? I am. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Would would tell you that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were disciples of Jesus, uh-huh. the people who wrote the Gospels. And they were absolutely not. Did right. you think they were? No, I mean, we you know we know that those documents were based off uh, an, an older document. That they they were, came later. Right, yeah. Jesus died in 33, and it, the first Gospel, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, is 70. Right. They were not contemporaries of his. They all had similar names. The disciples, right. you know, there were. So it is a little confusing. Right. But I've talked to people who are real, you know, serious Christians and scholars and all this stuff, and they, oh no, I don't. I think don't think that's I'm like. Trust me, every scholar understands this. It's not. It's not. It's not an insult either. It's just that's yeah, just the, the problem, fact. I mean, the, you know, the big. Um, they don't know their own religion. They haven't read the Bible. They they talk about the Bible a lot. It's a long book. It, some of it's boring. But the problem the problem that I have with most most Christians today, and I talk about this openly a lot, um, is that it misses the that misses the point. I mean, you can get hung up in the weeds about document Q or whatever you want to talk about with where this stuff comes from. But the 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 point is very simple. Uh, you've got somebody who claims to be the Messiah pointing the way towards. Um, a whole radically different new way to love. And that's through self-sacrificial uh, care of your neighbor. Very true. And, and when, you, when you talk about just that, it's a really beautiful thing that a lot of other religions don't talk about because you're talking about religions that, that talk about the way to salvation is through doing it over and over and over again and living a million lives or finding your own self, uh, self-elevation self you know, um, through meditation or contemplation. But this is talking about admitting that we yeah. are flawed and admitting well, that, the, that there's, there's a path towards um, joy that comes through self-service the, the message, and self-sacrifice. And I like that. The, the biography of Jesus is anything but unique. In fact, it's stolen. The number of pre- gods who came before him who were born on December 25th, <laughs> really, had disciples, were crucified or something on a tree, and then came back to life. Even that, Genesis, like even, even the very first story in Genesis, the second line, talking about uh, the spirit hovered over the water, this chaos waters, that myth, that myth was absconded from uh, sure. you know, early Eastern. The flood. So, but, but the thing I mean, that makes f- it different is there's a twist on every one of them that, that orients us towards, I think, a seed of truth that is worth, 
worth worth well, inspecting and holding on to that you, you know for for example the real twist in the first myth in the creation myth in genesis is quite simply that those chaos waters that everybody knew and the serpent being you know the snaky monster being being the the mythological villain was well known to people at that time but never had there been an, an, an acknowledgement that it was God who created that thing and that he thought that thing was good and that we're to coexist with this world where things like monsters exist and humans exist and there's a way to do that in a way that, that still breeds peace. That had never been done before. Well, I was going to say the biography of Jesus, not original, but the message was revolutionary. The mess. Right. No, nobody had really <clears throat> ever been down the uh, the meek shall inherit the earth right. road. The, there were so many at the time uh, that Jesus was around. If he lived, that is, is still an open question. He could not have been actually a historical figure, but probably was. But at the time, uh, the Roman Greek Roman mythology was waning, <clears throat> so there were a lot of other competing religions. Uh, it's kind of like you know when anything starts. Sometimes there's two meteor movies. Uh, there's always, you know, Betamax and, uh, you know, whatever, what be Betamax, uh, BHS. Um, yeah, it's, all, know, it's also that there's idea. Always, like, there's always competing things that are coming around. There were competing religions at Jesus' time. The reason why that one won is because in an empire that was at least a third slave, the message of it gets good in the afterlife was very attractive. Mm. And that's not something, it's really, that's not really in Judaism either. Mm -hmm. It's not a big, it's, Judaism is not centered on the next world. Right. Christianity is like, sure, this life is shit, but let me tell you something, you're gonna inherit the kingdom of heaven, and, and who's gonna do that? The meek, the losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the losers the are going to get. Right. Now Nietzsche said this was, this message was very bad for humans because it was telling you the strong don't win, and and that, of course. That, well, not only that, but that 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 Earth is not our home. Here's the problem. That what? That Earth is not our home. That our home is somewhere right. else in heaven, right? Right. And so we can take a dump on Earth, right? right? Because it's not <laughs> exactly. it's, it's yes. for us. Because we're waiting for the better place, right? Exactly. But that, that is that is also not the message. The message is that the kingdom is coming to us. That heaven is coming here. That our restoration, our salvation, and our heaven is earth that we're earthly creatures made for this place and that this resurrection will take place on earth so th like th there, there's like if, if you're if you're truly following the way of christianity you will be a good steward of this place because this is where heaven is you know this would be a really successful episode if you got me to be a christian by the end of it i'm telling you <laughs> this like, thing would fucking explode on the internet <laughs> Reacher convinces uh, Bill, Moore, Bill Moore, devout Christian. <laughs> that would be hilarious, and that's not my effort. Look, I, I know, but, but I talk, but I talk, I talk about this all I the know. time. And and what I want, what if I could, if I could have my druthers, I want less vitriol in the world, and I want the Christian yeah. community not to be the one that's known for making outliers and monsters of others. Right. It's a it's a real disappointment. And that is a that is, there is a growing number of Christians who feel exactly the way you do. I mean, we are, so, you know, when I started covering politics, yeah, Christian was always Jerry Falwell and those. Yeah, right. And, I mean, the generations change, and it's just the people who are left in Christianity, because it is always going downward. The trend is. is less and less people are believing the why, myth. Why would you want to? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of venomous Christians out there who, who, 
again, who you know are so tribal that what, what they're trying to do is is find safety in numbers in in creating out groups. No, I mean the younger I, I, I gen- generations. I'm always ragging on them for good reason. They deserve it, but <laughs> they do. But um, and they know it. But they're inheriting a real shit show. Oh, stop it. Every, they're, they're inheriting the best world that it's ever been. In it for, what a bunch of bullshit. For they're, who? For them. For Wall Street? No. There are not, a lot of people who can't, who can't they will never own a home. There I are just, people who will never own a home because of the way that things are structured That right is now. a tough one right now, but actually it's not even true. I had this woman on the, my show just last Friday, Jean Twangy. She's this expert. She wrote the book on generation. She's done a number of books on this. The, one of the big uh, revelations that surprised me and everybody else who was hearing it is that the millennials who we've been hearing forever, oh, tough economic times and living in their parents' basement and actually doing better comparatively by the numbers than every other generation. Here's, they're listen, not. Now they're, wow. Every that, millennial right now rolling over in their parents' basement as they listen to you say this because they not. can't afford but a home. Not. Hoping that, their apartment but that, gets... But they're not. So they can't rent control. Alan, there's actual, there's actual government statistics on this kind of stuff. <laughs> so what you're, what you're citing is anecdotal. They're That's what I was that, doing. that mom and dad croak right now so that they can try to get a house. Again, we have actual information on it. <laughs> We have oh actual God, information, so you want to, you can believe whichever want because that's what religion is—just believing whatever the fuck you want. Right, but there right. is actual information. True, there is actual information, Holy. and the millennials are actually doing better than other. Here's what millennials are doing better than anybody else than any generation before. This this is a real headline, and you want to go look this bad boy up. They're spending fathers are spending more time with their kids than any generation before them. Well, good. That is that is the victory that they're that they're having. They are they're. they're Re-ranking their le- priorities. What I was going to say is they're less religious. They are re-ranking their priorities. Right. And and they're finding finding ways to spend time in places that matter more than corporate servitude. Or church. Or church. Or church <laughs> if your church is a real, uh, is missing the point. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. So it's now March, the month that represents the beginning of spring, new life, the luck of the Irish, and St. Paddy's Day, that day when you restart that Super Bowl hangover that just went away. Don't let your business be reliant on just luck. Do something to drive new sales and acquire new customers by partnering with shows like mine. And according to media reports, I'm considered trustworthy. So listeners, follow my lead. You can elevate your brand in an intimate space away from your competition while generating up to nine times more leads by combining the power of audio and video channels with text messaging and generate an ROI as high as 5, 6, or 7 to 1, whatever ROI is. That's a lot of it. Club Random has been partnering with Radioactive Media since the beginning, and they can create a custom campaign for your company's needs. Radioactive Media has an exclusive deal to promote your product or service on Club Random with me and save up to 50%. Just lock in your first campaign this year. To find out all the details and receive a few club random goodies thrown in, contact Radioactive Media. Don't leave your marketing to luck. Go to RadioactiveMedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511-511. Go to RadioactiveMedia.com or text RANDOM to 511-511. Text RANDOM to 511-511 today to save up to 50%. Terms, conditions, message, and data rates may apply. High grocery prices got you down? Tired of combing through your takeout delivery apps than just giving up? Factor is here to help. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day so easy. 
No matter what your dietary needs, Factors got your back, delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor's restaurant-quality meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are in two minutes. And discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And it's super flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing between 6 and 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash random50 and use code random50 to get 50% off. That's code random50 at factormeals.com slash random50 to get 50% off. But I, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I was too. Oh, I am not Catholic. So, I am not Catholic. Oh, really? I am well, not. Me neither. Look I at am that. not Catholic. What are you? There are so many problems, and I'm so disgusted at the defense that they've uh, wagered, uh, waged um, um, uh, for their, their, their cardinals and bishops and oh, you're everybody the, involved. The in kids the, stuff. Yeah, dude. It's disgusting how, 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 yes, how hard they're absolutely. fighting. Well, it just shows uh, you how institutions become corrupt. And, you right. know, I mean, this, this last pope, there were lots of things. I, I, I mean, I just like him as a guy. He, he wavers between doing, like, hip stuff. He's very he, he progressive. T- he takes a hip pill once in a while. And then he and goes then and he, protects a cardinal and, and who's, he, like, been passing around kids. He doesn't do that. Like, like he, baseball no, cards. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, they do. The, he the, knows, not this one. They all know about this stuff. And nobody, you know, yes. if, you know, he's doing it until somebody stops the buck and they go, you know what, we're going to hold all these pedophiles accountable. Well, He look, is not holding them accountable, so he's just as complicit. The church definitely. he doesn't know. The church definitely needs a fresh new face. Somewhere other than a priest's lab, like a uh, but Jack Smith, uh, maybe Jack could be Smith. the both. Like maybe we get a prosecutor in there, oh, be I the Pope. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, you're 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 being too hard on Frank. Frank has tried more than his predecessors to. I mean, he talked openly about the homosexual cabal in the Vatican. Nobody ever did that. Nobody ever blew the the lid off that one. And and he is not. I don't think he is. Uh, transferring them like they used to. I don't think he's... I think, first of all, it just became too obvious and it was too open and nobody could do that anymore. But I just... I I like Frank. Um, Again, he wavers between like sort of uh, taking a hip pill one day and he'll say things like, atheists can get into heaven like we could give a shit because we don't believe in it. Okay. But a nice gesture. And then he'll go back to, he remembers, he's the fucking Pope. And, right. you know, and he'll do something really hard right wing. But I, it's like, okay, but that's your brand. I kind of respect <laughs> that, you know. You kind of like have to like once in a while be that guy because that's what people want. I mean, why would you join a religion if you didn't want like super duper hard fast rules <sighs> that, to keep you in line and to give you a sense of order in the world, even if it's not, I mean, when I, my Jewish mother sort of Jewish, but not Catholic. She didn't go to church with us. When I asked her at the beginning of religion, I was, why did you go along with this, you know, because she didn't go to church. She said, well, I just thought you needed structure, and any structure, even though I didn't believe in it, was better than nothing. Okay. I, I get that. I w- wouldn't subscribe to it, but I understand that's why. She thought, oh, you need some kind of religion in you. I mean, this is the 60s, you know. Um, so 
yeah, we're not, I'm not Catholic. Uh, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, but you know, they're gonna teach you commandments and right and wrong. And I think people feel like, and a lot of people, by the way, do need that. I mean, I think right. religion, it can make you, it absolutely keeps some people in line. Mark Wahlberg, I'm guessing, is one of them. Yeah. I just feel like without Catholicism, Mark Wahlberg would be and all over and the it, map. You know, and it's not to say that everybody, you know, every every Catholic is complicit or every Catholic is in on that or whatever. I mean, look, my mom is a staunchly Catholic. She's um, she's a saint, you know. She's like a daily mass, like, you know, spends her free time gardening, tilling the, you know, the weeds in the at the church. And, you know, um, I, I think it's... Not just important to her, but it's um, you know it's uh, an important part of our identity, and I, I respect that. And there are there are millions and tens of millions of people like that around the world uh, that are Catholics. But um, I personally just couldn't be a part of something uh, giving my tithes or time or energy towards something where it's so well known that there's um, hideous acts of um, yeah you know r- rape and pedophilia going on, and and they're, they, they're nobody's doing anything about it, you know. So you're religious, but without a structure, without a, you don't subscribe to any one um, organization. I would, because organizations do always become corrupt. Always. To some degree. You know, it's, it's in the nature. I, of- I, I think, I mean, that probably has more to do with the, just the, the, the lack of structure in my life. You know, I don't have a home. Really, re- took a, you know, like we're, we're back to being Reacher. <laughs> I mean, I'll spend, you know, I'll spend uh, four or five months in Toronto filming Reacher, and then I'll go to London or Turkey to film a movie. I'm in Winnipeg. I'm here. I'm there. Um, like, I don't have anywhere to plug in, really. So I don't have a reason to sort of like, you know, see what the constitution of a of a certain, uh, you know, religious platform is. I, you know, but well, I deeply care about exploring those ideas. I think they they had a ton of fulfillment to my life, and they they I, I, I look I'm a, I'm I'm the last I'm not the poster child for Christianity. I'm a I'm a, I'm a right. creative yeah. perfectionist and stubborn and strong willed and you know duplicitous and like I like I I benefit I benefit greatly from having a model for me for what I think the the best the highest ideal of love is, which like I said is a self sacrificial love. Right. Uh, you know. I'm totally down with that. That's it. Yeah. I just don't think he's God. I don't think there's such a thing as a God. I guess yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Well. Rock, rock on. Like, I, I do. I'll name it, you know, but. Um, well, that's kind of But like, I know that's not for everybody. But that's kind of like buying the insurance when you get a rental car. I mean, that's not a good reason. I'm, I'm not got, saying I'm that's an, why I'm you're doing it. I've got an umbrella policy. So I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that's why you're doing policy. it. But, oh. And yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, that's, I always say it in religious. I preach the gospel of I don't know. You know, people make much too big a, of a deal about the difference between atheist and agnostic. Yeah. It really is the same thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, look, I, I just, you know, there's like, good, I think there's good reasons. We don't have to get into it. I, I think there's good reasons, though. Like people, people, people that were very close to him died defending the fact that he was a historical figure and that what he said was true and that they believed he was a Messiah. Are we talking 11 about of his 12, 11 of his 12 apostles? Yes. Oh. Um, you know, so, uh, I, you know, well, th- there's like, there, there are things that have happened historically that are verifiable that I think go to show that well, people that were very close to him that's very not, much believe this. That's not historically verifiable, that he had disciples that, and... That's, like that, Paul lived and was uh, was Paul a Roman. Lived. Paul, uh, but, that's what I'm talking about. Like he, okay, he Paul di- was not a disciple. He Paul. died. Uh, no, he well, Saint Paul. He had an interaction 
on the on the road to amazing. He okay that no, no, that no, no, that no. he that many he would argue that he was because he yeah. had a personal interaction with. But but you okay. and I you what, what, you as okay, a we're talking, we're it's talking, not possible. Okay, I I got to give you the facts. These that, are facts. Uh, yeah, I Jesus get dies in 33 A.D. Paul was writing in the 50s. He was Saul of Tarsus. Yes. Did he, he, have, ha- he had a vision on the road to Damascus. It was a cross in the sky. He never met Jesus. And in fact, one of the things that's so iffy about the Gospels is that the Gospels, which are written 20 years after St. Paul was writing, know way more the, about Jesus right, than the Paul The voice does. that he was talking Paul, to. So you have to believe in magic. You have to believe in magic right. for it to be true. Right. I accept that. I accept it too. I accept that you have to believe in magic. And I admit I do believe in magic. The voice and, he was talking to said, "Why do you persecute me?" And he was it was he was trying to kill Christians. And I love this my, is Christ that he's talking yes. about. So I believe that right. he did have an interaction, a no. personal interaction with the person that he oh, died. Oh, I see. Defending. Okay, all right, great. And you know what? I love That's that. It. I I I don't have to agree with everybody on everything. I, and I, I feel the same I, way. I love my but I but I magic. I, I love my magician brothers. That's it. That's it. That's what it boils <laughs> this down to. Quarter behind your ear. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that's what it boils down to. And I admit. I believe that that kind of magic is real. And if it works for you, I'm through. Totally. As long, but, yeah. but so did Paul. No. So you can't say that he wasn't a historical figure. This, this Paul man, was a historical figure. Paul was figure. undeniably yes, a historical figure. Yes, but not a, and but not a contemporary of Jesus. Sort of. Oh, I see. With the with the that's uh, woo, woo. that okay, people yes. would people would argue this with okay. him in his own day, of course. Right. He his own not peers, by, not by our right, right. not by the those uh, standards right. of apostleship, but um, that, but yes, but but I would say that he was because of that interaction. It's funny when I went, we went to one of the stops in religious was Holy Land in Florida. It's like it's, it's a, <laughs> right, right. It's a it's a you know it's a, it's right. basically you know Disneyland for right. Christians. Right. And I talked to the. <laughs> It's one of my favorite parts of the guy who plays Jesus in the thing, and there's a whole pageant where we see him get walking on the Villa de Rosa, you know, with the seven stops and right. the, carrying the cross, and people are taking pictures. And um, but he, you know, I was asking him about the. You know, I said, you know, when I was a little Catholic boy, the first thing they said is, you know, they were very proud of the fact that they were mono, uh, this was a monotonous monotheistic religion that we had one God. I think they were like thinking it was a big, you know, flex over the pagans and heathens with their many gods. They're so unsophisticated. And we have one God and his name is God. And he has a son, Jesus, who's also God. Right. And I was like, wait, right right away. I'm like, didn't you just tell me it's, aren't we over the limit? And then he explained, he said, well, it's like, um, Ice and water steam and, and steam. Well, it's yeah. all the same thing, but it's in different forms. Right. And I was, I told Larry the next day, I think it's in the movie, where I'm like, you know, he had me for a second there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really, I'm going for this. This is, at least you have an answer. Yeah, you know? that is, yeah. And that's a tough, man, that's a tough, it's a tough concept to understand. How can you manifest three distinct identities well, also, and still be one? To be your own dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. You know, come on. Yeah, that's a subservient uh, manifestation to the, you know, to the spirit manifestation. That's hard. It's hard so, for people to understand. But yeah. that is, and that also is, that also is right. If you, you know, if you don't, if you deny that, you are not a Christian. Right. The Trinity exactly. is the very core. Stick with your brand. Exactly. It is the very core. That's exactly. So you, you must, you must, again. That's you must, what I'm saying. You must believe in this kind of I'm okay ma- with magic. When, you know? when Frank does his thing, yeah. I'm like, I, you have to do that. To like be, you're the Pope. You gotta be, you know, you, yeah, they, you know that, that phrase, you know, more Catholic than the Pope. 
Right, right. Nobody should be. Right, you totally, know? totally. And, but, and you, you know, he's got to, like, he's trying to move, I, I can tell he wants to move faster, but you got to bring the flock with you. Not yeah. everyone in the parade is, is at the head of the parade. Right. You know, and that's kind of important. Totally. So, well, I'm glad we straightened that out. If we fixed religion in just a, you can't a quick 30 minute soundbite. We, you, can't, you, can't, you can't fix it, but, but you can talk about it. And, and I do think it is morphing into, I mean, where you are with it, I'm very comfortable with because what's dangerous about it is when people are fundamentalist. Right. That's when you get people flying planes into buildings. Uh, thinking, totally. Thinking totally. they're doing the right thing. Totally. Like none of those hijackers thought they were doing the wrong thing. Right. They weren't like, that's different than a psychopath. You know, right, right. they thought they were doing the right thing. Right. And so do suicide bombers and the people at Hamas. And, you know, that, that's what's my biggest thing about religion is that. I, I, I'm 100% with you. I know I, you I, are. I think, I think there are terrorists with a little T and they, right. don't, they don't realize. Well said. They don't realize that that's them. Uh, and uh, I would like to put in a stop to that from my little corner of the world with what little platform but, I have. I just don't, I just, you know, that's not the way. I got it. I hope this isn't too personal, but it strikes me as odd that someone would have uh, religion on one in their life and also a psychiatrist. Because, really? Yes, because I feel like they are. Why? Because, because I feel like they're redundant in what they do. Like oh. you used to go to confession. And, uh, yeah, I guess. And tell a, your sins to the priest. I did that many times. I did too door. as a Catholic, of course. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then you went to a psychiatrist. If and, you were non-religious, the, as your but, confession. Well, we had the priest would tell you that was wrong. You're bad. Say fifteen Hail Marys. And the and the shrink would tell you would you know well don't feel bad about it because but but it was the same thing it was like but this is why I talk about this kind of stuff so openly because I think the same ground they're covering I I personally feel like there are three things that are very important to me that we destigmatize and learn to have conversations about in a healthy productive way faith family and mental health and mental health is something I've struggled with you don't know much about me personally but I've been very open with my struggles I'm bipolar I have ADHD been diagnosed with that. And uh, I'm a suicide survivor. It's when I was 35. And 35? Yeah, not long ago. I'm 41 now. And um, so why didn't it work? I weirdly, while it was happening, I saw my kids, but they were grown and they were totally calm and emotionless. And they said, dad, we want you here. We want you to see all this. And uh, I, I just, so I climbed up out of it. But what the fuck made you so sad? Depression is crazy. Oh, yes, it is. Depression is crazy. I I, never, I never. So it's just a chemical thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and you wouldn't believe, uh, the, the power that it has over you. It doesn't matter how many muscles you got. No, like it totally. And it is a chemical thing. There were, I couldn't get out of bed. There were people, Mike Wallace was one of them. I think Dick Cavett was another one. You may not know these people there, but they were stars of, of an ilk in their day talked about how they were in therapy for years, 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 and then they just gave him a pill. It was just a chemical thing. You know, they, you just have to pour something in the test tube totally. that is lacking. And it, that is just, it's really a sad thing because it's so simple. And yet, yes, 
you can't beat it with your will well, or with and, anything else. But if you don't, if you're also, I was not diagnosed with bipolar at the time, but I had been manic for nine months. And I was servicing all these, I was a slave to so So did they so, give you something that... Some, I did, I got a medicine. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, so, so that weekend, the weekend it happened, I went and got, I, I, called the, I, I called the doctor when it was done and I said, I need to speak with somebody immediately. And I never talked to a psychiatrist about anything at that point. Anyway, I went in and took some tests and I was diagnosed with bipolar. And, um, and I, I was like, it was, it, was hard, it was hard to accept at first because I didn't want to be labeled. Mm-hmm. But, but there's so much power in understanding, you know, and having a label. There's so much power in having an understanding of what that diagnosis is. And now I can, I've read dozens of books about it. I've, I've, I've like, I've, I've spoken with professionals about it. I've, I've, I've talked to doctors and, you know, just there's, there's, there's a way for me to manage this in a healthier way than, than feeling like there's only one gift for me left for me to give, which is suicide. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Not that this was good that it happened, but it actually is a great thing in, for your future. You know why? Because you're about to like embark on this trip to stardom. You know, you're right at that moment. You know, you've done a lot of work. You just said it. You're, you're working so much, you came and have a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're at that thing. Now you're in the, the Guy Ritchie movie. You're moving into this. It's going to get really, really heady. Right. And you're good looking. You're big. They're... they're you're gonna need vulner- something that makes you vulnerable because the, the audience, the, the reason they read the tabloids is not to read how good people are doing. Right. They right. want to feel Tell like somebody it. who's a good looking, very successful guy uh, has some sh- things in their life that actually are worse than mine and this will fit <laughs> the bill perfectly. Right. He was so sad, this guy, that he tried to kill himself so, um, but you know, depression, depression looks funny because what people don't realize is I was making tons of money at the time. I was very successful. Sure. It was not, right. it was not like things are not going well. And right. I'm, str- I'm, I'm crumbling under the weight of no, society right now. Like this was the opposite. It was this, uh, it was, it was a combination of this crippling, you know, existential, like what's, when you get to the top of your ambitions, what's left for you. And, and also, um, I, you know, I was, um, just had a falling out with some business partners and just think, you know, kind of a influence of things that weren't going you, well. And so it was, it you, was, excuse me, you weren't at the top of your ambitions at that you're, point in time. I was, I was really, you never wanted to get even higher. Come on. You're, you're just getting there now. You you're understand. not even there I, yet. I had, you know, I'd been, I, I like, I, you know, I'm more a creator than an actor, right? I, I like being at the genesis of ideas. I was, I had written a, a I was I was ghostwriting for people, so I was writing manuscripts for people, selling screenplays. I was directing films. I was starring in a show. I mean, there was a lot, dude. I was taking all the boxes. Like you kind of go like, there's not much. Yeah, but, but there's a, higher. There's just but, different. But, but there's a level of doing that that you're about to get to. That you're doing those things you just ticked off on your hand, but uh, on a better have, level. Uh, you're I, working. You're 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 getting uh, the uh, best scripts. You're, totally. You're working with the best directors. This is what's happening. You're now. getting. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Right. You're getting your own shit made. You know. I'm, there is a level, right. so you know, be embrace it. Two. How yeah, old are your totally. kids? Uh, we just had a birthday yesterday. They were eleven, ten, and eight. Oh, yeah, all boys. All house. boys yeah. and all bunched together. That's good. Makes it easier, right? No. Uh, but I, yeah, I guess if we're oh. out of baby phase, perhaps. And you're gonna have more? No, dude. I know it's not possible now. And you, <laughs> it's not possible. Oh now. no. 
You might know Ben Mankiewicz as a host on Turner Classic Movies. Now you can hear Ben in intimate conversation with some of the most influential filmmakers and movie buffs of our time on the new podcast, Talking Pictures from TCM and Max. Personal and honest conversations with the greats, Nancy Myers, Mel Brooks, Emerald Fennell, and me. I did it too. I watched Reds and talked about it with Ben and had a blast. Listen to Talking Pictures on Max or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'll be at the Jackie Gleason Theater in Miami Beach on March 23rd and March 24th at the Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater, Florida, April 20th. Oh my gosh, 420, San Jose, Center for the Performing Arts in San Jose. Perfect booking on that one. See you there. I totally get why everyone is apoplectic about the Supreme Court getting rid of our abortion rights uh-huh. because people just don't like kids anymore, a lot of them, and, and they just want to make, they want it to be their choice. We are in a, um, despite what Barbie says about living in a patriarchy, we are not living in a patriarchy, and women today are definitely don't want that as a part of their life unless they want it. But I totally understand why Frank has to be out there going, you must have having a baby. Right. And he wouldn't like this either. Anything <laughs> that stops at the baby and getting a maid, we don't like. Yeah, the baby, it's a natural thing. And more, they always want more Catholics in the world. That's yeah. more baby. You can't make have more Catholics without more babies. So, you know... But I, I totally get it. And three is, uh, three is already a, a handful, dude. I travel a lot. Like, I'm on the road a lot. Also, That's hard. Also, That's tough. kids are like dogs. Like, if you have two of them, they get along pretty good. But then three starts to become like a pack. Right. right. Yeah, don't get too big for your britches, <laughs> You know, dog. and I feel like they could uh, gang up on you. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. But they're great. And, uh, and it's funny. because And they're time. okay with the nomadic life? You know, not so. No. No, it's hard. Because it's hard to make friends. But how, make, how do you make a friend when you have no community? But like, that may make them very strong individuals when you, they become one. Or psychos. You, <laughs> yeah, we've got three serial killers on the way. Um, we're breeding them right, right, just... Yeah, I, like, I, I don't know. You know I, you're looking at it the way I try to look at it. You know, it's glass, glass half full, and, and, and this is going to work out to be a, a strength of theirs. You know, they're, they're, they're well-traveled and... and uh, connoisseurs of many things that most kids don't experience and you know have seen a lot of culture and their minds have been expanded in way like you, you can try to justify that but at the end of the day these are these are 10 year olds that want friends and they don't have any so, so, what, so what, but uh, let me tell you something they're gonna um i'm looking into my crystal ball here <laughs> they're like at this age where they're do they already have do they have phones and social media hell no phones oh, good for you for why why would good i for you because I give a child a phone. Well, most who's he going to call? He doesn't have any friends. Most parents do. Most parents want to have their kids on this oh, electronic tether. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I've seen it not in life because I don't ever see children, but I've seen it in TV shows and movies. They all can't be mischaracterizing it, where the parent uh, texts the child who's upstairs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to come to come yeah. down to dinner. Get down here. Get down here. No, that's what they used to do. Yeah, that's what we need more of that. Much more of that. Or I didn't even have to have that. My town, God bless my Leave It to Beaver upbringing. <laughs> my town had a six o'clock whistle. Oh right. And when I heard when I was out playing, always by myself with yeah. no supervision, as it should have been, and it should be again, but they would never allow that a child alone. Oh my God, right. call nine one one. 
but uh, I would hear the whistle and run home. My dad had a hit a super. His superpower was this shrill. Yeah, sh- I mean, eighteen miles away, this thing rings. You know, rings your ears. Um, so your kids don't have phones, but okay, they're yeah. still going to be at a, at a very formidable age in their life, like tweens and teenagers. They're going to become very, very uh, aware that there are dad is okay. yeah, but dad's going to be like you know uh, you're not like in the tabloids yet. Trust me, I read them. Uh, well, I'm not you know I, I I'm read, not a disruptive figure, so there's not much to talk about. But you but know, you're going to be you're going to be a disruptive figure. No, in the tabloids. No, people don't want to talk about me. I'm, you're wrong. I, they you you're know wrong. like I was, trust me, you're wrong. I, They're I'm, always looking for new. You're going to be in the tabloids. I'm not interesting enough. uh, I'm just, I just. Oh, shut up. Keep my head down. First of all, they don't give a shit if you're interesting. You don't have to be interesting. I'm fucking interesting. (laughs) Nobody's more interesting than me. They don't cover me that much because I'm 68 and older and and male and heterosexual and a million other things. uh... But I'm telling you, you're going to be in the tabloids and your kids, there's no way that they're not going to be aware of what's going on with your career and stuff. It's, I'm just telling you, there it's are, going to be an interesting they're, they're period. They're well aware. It's disruptive, dude. I'll have, like, we were trying to, we were waiting outside of a restaurant, uh, waiting for a table, and we oh, had I'm probably sure you 40 get mobbed all the time just from And Rachel. my poor kids just get, right. you know, there's tunnel vision. They don't, right. they don't, it's nothing malicious. They just, uh, people don't realize well, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm not going to get my <laughs> worse phones. Or better. My, my, a phone for my child is not the salve that I'm looking for. So, no, that's not a... Um, not going to be a problem, but um, yeah, I, they 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 already know it's a hassle. But you like being on sets. I feel I, like that's what I do. That's like me on a set. Like See, I hated I, it. It is my. I am so at home. When I like a show, I watch every minute of it, and I've watched every minute of the first two seasons. Thank you. Yeah, you don't have to thank me. Thank you. I'm glad. Thank you're you enjoying. because thank you I'm for watching. Watch. Well, keeps us it keeps us uh, going. I wouldn't. I I don't watch anything I don't like. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't watch the whole thing. I'd sample something, right? But um, you know, my I was at the dinner with people last night, and my friends, and they were talking about <laughs> what they were watching. They were watching the one about Truman Capote that's on now, which I might enjoy. I could enjoy that too. And this other one about um, Karl Lagerfeld was it or no? Oh, some designer. Uh, back in the 40s, and it sounded interesting also, but like, you know, sort of slow and intellectual, and, and they said, what are you watching? I said, uh, I'm watching Reacher and, <laughs> and Hightown, just on stars, and it's about, you know, the badass sheriff who's right. fucking the stripper, who's actually the baby mom of the of the drug kingpin, like, yeah, I like, I like Hightown. I remember I watched Banshee. Remember Banshee? Amazing, yeah. That was like my kind of show, like yeah. Vikings. Yeah, like it's TV. Real highbrow don't stuff. Don't fucking tell me what I should be watching. They call it dad TV, which is I don't really understand. No, but your show, like the 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 uh, plot resolution, you know, the sticking the landing. I always say this. I was talking to somebody the other day, some director here, and like it's all about the ending. Anybody can think of a good idea for a movie or a right. show. It's how you end it. Right. And like. The resolution, I thought it was very clever of where you got, you know, you start with a mystery at the beginning, um, like, you know, whatever it was. And then by the end, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And it's the onion is slowly being unraveled as we go. And you're giving the audience enough to be going, what's in the next scene? Right. 
but not too, you know, not too right. much where it's obvious, but not too little so it's murky. Just a hair's breadth ahead of the audience. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, I'm not a fan of murky. Yeah, yeah, no. Just it's a uh, fine line. Yeah, it's, it's a fine line. line. Yeah. And then some kicking ass and like and then a couple punches. Um, no, I like yeah. the relationship with you and the little blonde girl in the in the first one. I like. Willa Fitzgerald. She I'm played not, Roscoe. She's she was great. Uh, one of the best, probably will be the best actress I've ever worked with for as long as I live. She was so intensely. Well, I mean, she was so engaging. She was good, but come on, let's be, not be ridiculous. You have a long. That's not career. the only thing she's gonna do. No, she, no, she. I okay, got a but, taste but, of it. She's gonna do great yeah, things. Yes, I think she was great. <laughs> she's <laughs> phenomenal. With you, but. Okay, great. You're the greatest actor you'll ever work with. Uh, Sarah Bernhardt would come back from the dead. She, <laughs> this chick would be better. But uh, I, like, I'm, I, I, I kind of need a, a love story, some kind of love story, in it, to, to keep me interested for a whole series. Like, and so that was a good one. Okay, yeah. You know, just the way yeah. it, it evolved. Um, well, you got to hold loosely to those love stories in Reacher because they ain't, ain't gonna last very long. It's an anthology. <laughs> <laughs> well. We'll see. We'll see who outlasts um, who. Yeah. You know, you never know. Totally. But you're good now. I mean, no, did, did, did the shrink help with that? Yeah, well, that's what, yeah, I guess that's what I was going to say was, was um, you know, there are things that psychiatrists offer that it's not really religion's purpose, you know? And so there's a, there's, there's, there's a confluence of, of both mm. cognitive therapy and science you know with medicine it's come a long way and when you put those together you get some you get some much needed help so we got to do both you know yeah i i mean i went to a, a psychiatrist a couple of times for, very briefly it was more like couples therapy at the behest of a, a you know someone who was in a relationship right with. right um did you want to fix you? all i could do to not laugh out loud no. I mean, I'm no. I know it helps a lot of people, but it was just so much of it was just so is, LOL. The idea if that if you don't go through like nine psychiatrists though, trying to find the right one, you're doing it wrong. Is that right? That's it. You got to find the one that's for you. Just like just like dating, you wouldn't marry the first person that you date. What like the first? No, you go through no. 15, 20 relationships. But the idea that someone who I'm just meeting now could in any way know me better than I know me. It's like there's so many things about me oh my that like, gosh, I am is... just such an expert on, and and the psychiatrist really would not be. I, I just I just. But but you you've got people, a, you've got a uh, you've got a micro version of yourself. You're zoomed in because you're in there, and th- there could be somebody who's a really well educated, well qualified individual to step back and help see the macro, and see like there's a plot hole over here. You know, there's a little, we need to fill the soil in over here. It's getting a little sparse, the grass, you right. know, and we can pay attention to that area more. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes yeah. it's important to have, uh, you know, uh, right. unbiased uh, third party who's well qualified to do that for you. Yeah. Or you might like be, <laughs> or you might be like <laughs> digging up some shit that is better left buried. I feel like. Oh, but come on. No. You don't think anything Nobody is better? Nobody has benefited in the history of mankind from packing your dirt down harder. That is not necessarily you true. Can't you get do the, not You know can't that. pull anything through Absol- the espresso if that abs- shit's tamped down too hard. Okay. You've got to loosen it up a little bit. Uh, in, in many cases, yes. Yes, you're, you're certainly right that you if you bury ideas and if you buried trauma and you, you bury what you really think about something, first of all, it couldn't appear somewhere else in your 
physiology for sure manifest itself somewhere yeah, else in an okay, ugly yeah. ugly way until it's oh, okay. it gets it's raising but its there, hand there are some, but people also just want to pick on scabs that just let it heal over you you can't do anything more about it mm. and but, but, yeah. and just to keep the wound open I, no i don't think a, I, I don't think a, a, is a qualified not, a, a well qualified professional would want to just pick a scab to see it I don't know about that. I think people they they want they think it's smarter to just always somehow keep the you know who does that and and for them it's actually uh, understandable actors because that's your instrument. An actor is never any good unless they're like have some turmoil inside <laughs> the that they're working off of. Am I wrong about that? Let me let me I don't think so. Here's the thing. The first one of the first rooms I ever went in as an actor, I had I was a, I was a, a final a semifinalist on American Idol season 3. That was my first time to LA. I was American a, Idol. I was, I was a singer. So I was flown out for that. You're a singer too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that was my first love. Oh, you're gonna go back to that after you're a movie star. I don't. I don't. No, oh yeah. I, I found what I found my passion. You'll be. I like, love filming. No, you're gonna be like J Lo. <laughs> in many different ways, and then you're gonna marry Ben Affleck. To, that is the goal. Here. That's actually the. It's been my mission for years. Me and Al Affleck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. I uh, no. Oh my gosh. Um, no. I. I, the first room I went in, I, I had somebody who was wanting, interested in repping me because I, mean, I was on American Idol and, and had done, you know, it was making my way into the business. And the first question was, what kind of trauma do you have? And I was like, oh, I, you know, I had a pretty, pretty normal life. Like, I'm not interested. Why? Like, I can, I can act. They're like, no, I'm only, the, the, the good actors are the ones with trauma, and and uh, if you don't have any, you're not going to be interesting on screen. And I just want to say that I think that's such horseshit. But you got it. You do have trauma, and you're good on screen. <laughs> so why are we arguing? Wow. Right. My trauma. I wasn't like you know. I like everybody's got trauma in their own you know to their you know to some degree in their, uh, in their own respect. Not. A but like I had a pretty level. lovely upbringing. I mean, issues with parents and and uh, narcissism and all okay, that. But like, but, but I was not like. There are there are people with real trauma and they're real broken. Okay, and, but, and uh, it does uh, not make them a better actor. Uh, Okay, maybe not. But in your case, uh, I'm going to start this story. And then I, was, we're gonna, I was in my mid 30s. And then we're going to freeze frame and go to <laughs> 10 years earlier because we have to do that was, in every show. I was totally fine. Please don't do that in Reacher. I was totally fine. Will you promise me that? Are you doing more Reachers? Of course. Okay, so. Uh, don't do that thing the 10 years earlier, six months earlier. We do it all the time. We do I flashbacks Everybody all the time. has to do that. We why, have to do these flashbacks. Why can't we just tell the story? I'm with you. No, but you're not a heavy flashback show. You're, but then there's a, like, your flashbacks are good because they're within the context of it. it it's, it's, it's natural. Um, but, but that whole like, wait, where are we now? Right. Uh, is it, <laughs> right. you know. No, I like that you brought back the, uh, the dude, the square dude, who was the in the a little bit in the second season? Malcolm, it yes, was perf- it was Finley. a perfect use of him. Great, um, it was great. He's the best. And then where does Reacher go in season three? Season three is about um, uh, based on the book Persuader, one of the one of the most beloved oh. books in the series. Oh, um, so you're like James Bond. You have the books to work off. That's of. exactly right. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. It's almost oh. we're approaching thirty books, so we could do I could do Just this till I'm. Uh, the funny thing about all these kind of shows or movies that are serials is like. How does the guy just keep running into trouble? <laughs> yeah. I remember there was a show on called Murder, She Wrote. Don't make a fucking I, uh, It's a famous show. The black and white? 
It was not was in it, black and white. Was it in Technicolor yet? Yeah, when you drop dead at 49 <laughs> of a heart attack, um, because you're, you're, you're too uh, Sasquatchy. Remember that one? Yeah, bigger people I live do, Oh, I'm live for less. sure going to, my heart's going to give out quick. Exactly. I'm with you. I guess, and then the, and then you'll have real vulnerability, and then you'll be in the tabloids. <laughs> I'll be begging you for, yeah, I'll be begging you for a defibrillator. You're not going to. But a murder she wrote, it was this huge, uh, I guessed on it, guessed it on it twice, uh, you know. And she was lived in this small town. It was uh, Angela Lansbury. She lived in this small New England town, and it was on for like eight, nine years. I mean, like the think of the amount of murders that had to happen <laughs> right. in a <laughs> tiny New England town. But God damn it, the, right. like Die Hard, like they did five of those. Like really, once again, right. he's running into. Terrorist. Right. This motherfucker has the worst luck in the world. They're, they're but you know, decades worth of research. You know, that's yeah. a, we want that. And does he have a love interest this time? Every every year, please. It's, you gotta it's, have. It's, the, he's the the American James Bond. Exactly. New, you know, new no. romances everywhere he goes. Yeah, because he really liked that little Roscoe, but he didn't like it more than his nature. Right. You know, and that's you At know. At least he can admit that. Hey, I've never been married. I'm more richer than you, in a way. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I do understand that, like, um, part of, maybe that's one thing I really relate to that character is, you know, you, it's all about, I think it's all about that, like, is your life in tomorrow? I, I can't ever be happy with what happened, even though I have wonderful memories. They're gone. Ah. They're gone. Yeah. And they and it sort of only tortures me if I can think about something that was great in the past that is not going to also happen in the future. Totally. So you were married when you tried to... Um... I was. I had married with kids. Right. I, 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 thought, I thought that it was the, the best gift that I could give them at the time was right. freeing them sure, of I'm the sure burden of myself. Right. And that's what a lot of people that, you know, people are, you know, those that are left behind confounded by suicide how could they do this like right. they had a loving family that a loving wife or kids or whatever how could they do this i can assure you they they with 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 what faculties they had working they felt like it was the most loving thing that they could do right and that's that's what's so difficult about it because because in the confusion of depression that 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 lack of, of logic and reason takes hold and it seems logical that's that's a that's a hallmark of bipolar as well is um a clinical lack of insight. So how does your wife deal with like, <laughs> when you go out? Like, I mean, I, I know guys like you, the, the chicks are always like trying to, and chicks have no shame. They don't care if you're with somebody, that makes yeah. it even better. Yeah. You know, uh, how does she deal with that? She's uh, in intensely strong. Look, we both came from a small town and I, I think, you you say to yourself like I'll pursue this career, but you can't imagine what the consequences of success in an industry like this bring. Going to get worse. And when you have, you know, uh, how do I say this? When you have sex icons throwing themselves at you, trying right. to destroy your marriage, actively trying to destroy your marriage, you, you know. You bet your ass. She's damn strong. To t you know to what you know because you you don't ask for that. I didn't, it's like you you can you can very well not invite that in your life and still be dealing with 
people trying to actively destroy your marriage. Sounds like you need a friend to hang with you. I think I need a, sort of. Um, I need more people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guy who I'll could, call you, know, you next time. A guy we'll, who could like you maybe know, you can take, wingman take for Take the me. overflow. Right. <laughs> take him off your hand. Make your wife feel better. Yeah, and also satisfy. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm sure. But I'm. I mean, I think you're probably also being modest. I think uh, it wouldn't work if you didn't help and participate. I mean, you can't. You can't be iffy on that. You can't be like. I know people, you know, who are like, well, you know, I flirt. I just never really do it. It's like, yeah, that's not good either. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> in, a, you in a way, no, that's no. worse. And that's not real. That's not a real relationship. That's not a real relationship. Well, if, that, if that's if that's who you are, and you're you're genuinely like entertained by this idea of uh, playing with fire, that's not real. Right. Like that's not fair to the other person. No, but I, mean, I genuinely, genuinely, uh, deeply love and want a marriage. I, I right. love my wife. I want that's a marriage. I want my family to be intact. Right. I fight for it. You I know, see. I fight bipolar. I fight mania. I fight my my own personal demons, you know, and my own manly primal desires. Like it's all out there, and we talk about it, and 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 we just we we go we we go to war. Right. We go to war, and it it fucking is a war, dude. It's a war. It is. It, yeah, dude. What, this industry that I'm in, I'm oh, talking of oh, the industry. Uh, what what oh. with with what like what comes at you, what pulls at you, what tries to destroy your marriage, like it's. Oh, I see. It's all of it. It's <clears throat> it's real. It's real. You right. know, and and so uh, we really really work hard. Yeah, I can see. just to stay married. You well. know, and and uh, it takes a concerted effort. Um, Absolutely, dude, and and but but I mean it. Nutty. I, I mean it. For, <laughs> I think for, it's nutty. No, for no, I'm kidding. It's so worth it though. Really. For for but it's not for everybody. It, look, and and I think there's a problem, a little bit of a problem in our society, where we say that the model for healthy, successful, joyful living is a married couple, and we demote this idea of a single individual into second class. That's not right. That's not true. There are a lot of very, very meaningful, purpose-filled lives that are single individuals. You're reading my lines. Uh, there, uh, but like <laughs> we, we should, we, like you are not second class because you've decided to, well, you know, to you. be single. Like it's true. No. And, and 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 like you know, we, we're talking about the Catholic Church and institutions. We've been. We have been told for so many no. years by large institutions that the model for successful, healthy living is a married couple. That's not true. You can have a deeply meaningful life right. and be single. Of course. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all just about personal taste. It's the way, it's the chip that's put in our brain when we're born. I mean, you can laugh at me and I'm perfectly fine with that because I laugh at them. And to me, it's, it's, it's preposterous. It's ridiculous. It's like, really? I mean, can't don't you get tired of that person seeing the same human being every day? And, and the, like, like oh, that's funny. Like, it's so funny. Auntie you Mame know, said like, the world's a banquet, and most poor sons of bitches are starving. That's so funny. No, I, like, no, I know. I, it's just I, I think different. there's something so deeply satisfying about a love that endures. There is time, and I've know? had that too. Uh, like, oh, it's just. Oh, I crave it, dude, with every fiber of my being. Like, uh, no, uh, yeah, there are other interesting people in the world, but there, I, I just, I think I found my person. Yeah, that's so, that, that's awesome. I mean, um, you should definitely send her this podcast because, because I mean, yeah, you definitely. She, get, she get, couldn't get, care less about listening get, to my no, podcast anymore. No, but like this tribute to her. Yeah, uh, it's very, very much become about connection. You know, like I have a deep desire to connect. Um, 
with her entire person, her body, mind, soul, right? And it's become this thing where like- I'm telling you. You can look in the eyes of somebody that you deeply care about and the, and there's, you just, you, it's, it's this act of like, I can't possibly get any closer to you than I am right now and I wish I could and it's this beautiful moment of connection. That's really truly what it is and I think, I think when people discover that that's what the potential, uh, you know, that's, that's where the potential lies in that uh, kind of intimacy. If people haven't discovered this from themselves yet, maybe explore this idea of it truly being about how deeply can we connect in this moment instead of getting ourselves off or being gratifying to some self-serving degree. I think it, that's when it becomes special. And, and it took me a long time. I mean, we had, we had to run into some really hard times for us to really appreciate that. That's what it is. Like, and what are hard times all about? Oh, it's hard. You're going to fight. And do you ever really forget, do you ever really forget where you buried a hatchet? But I think I, mean, I think I think I think people have said variations of this. But I think love is uh, knowing exactly where those weapons lie and deciding not to use them. You know, like you know where the you know where you buried all these hatches. Right. And that's that's uh, you got to trust each other. And that's, that is a great you know definition of love. Yeah. So um, yes. You know, we we definitely know where where to, where we can right. hurt each other. You know, but we choose not to because we care right deeply. So, um, but things are good. Things are good, yeah, but it's, you know, this business is hard, man, and, and, and doing life, building a family on the road together is hard, and trying to know when to give each other space to, like, you know, connect with community. Like our kids, for example, we put them in school for, like, a, like you, a semester. My, my prediction, you're going to buy a house within three years. I think this, I, well, I think we have to. I think you uh, have. We have to f- figure out a way to do it. Because <laughs> think you, our, our, our kids need it. You know, you, our, our, well, our kids need and, that, you, but, and you're going to need it. Um, you're going to find, I think that you're going to like it. You're going to like. Okay, this I, is home. I don't know. I'm a pretty. I'm a raving mad artist. I, I'm a lone wolf. I, but my I, kids I am, and my wife will like it. I am too. But we all <laughs> mellow. Freud said there's only two things in life: love and work. I put my eggs in, well, I can count on the work because that's me. Because you can count on yourself. I can count on myself. The love is super important and I can't live without it, but that's not going to be, the, I, I, I see that I can't count on that as much. Now, this is, again, so, deeply psychological. Hell yeah, this deeply is not, psychological. Hear me out, hear me out. Yes. Okay, so I'm working with Jason Hall, who wrote American Sniper, incredible writer. I just watched it again. Incredible writer. Terrific we're, working, movie. We're, we're developing a project together. Wow. And... Um, he he said it really beautifully. Uh, he said, you know, Joseph Campbell's entire you know hero's journey sure. can be summed up like this: the protagonist refusal uh, to release, the refusal to release. That's the hero's journey, right? Release when, what? Re- that's exactly the question you have to answer with your script. The Kraken. That's right. You've done that more than once. <laughs> refusal to release. What is it? We got to find. We got to find what that is. What have we refused to release? For you, could it be that you've found a safe harbor in the work. There's not, there's not much work you have to do there because the, the fire's ignited and there's not a challenge there. There's nothing really to refuse to release. But in relationship, you have to give up your power and you have to give up control and safety and the feeling of security. You know, I'm a control freak. Control freak. See, I can't do that. Can't release control. I don't want to. Uh, I was in a relationship when I was uh, from like 32 to 37, like the exact time oh. I should have gotten married if you were going to get married. Right. But yeah, so I've been I've been down the path, and then I've been in other, you know, <clears throat> serious, you know, that was five years. Other ones lasted like three, three, two. So I know the drill. I know what it's like 
and I know the sacrifices and I know the gains. I know that the, you know, it's it's very nice to have someone who you know they have your back yeah. and, you know, you can, you know, you don't, you have security. But I feel like this tension between security and excitement mm. will never go away. And for me, look, Alan, water rolls downhill. It's always going to roll toward excitement. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm, and, I'm, I'm so curious. I'm, I'm I know. Fascinated. It's interesting to talk to people who are not like you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it is yeah, yeah. because yeah. we're not like each other. But that's it. I mean, like, you know, people always said to me my whole life, you know, don't let your dick rule your life. Don't think with your dick. And I always said, why not? It's going to win anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like my dick is like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> They're going to get out. You know, you can you can try to write the end of this movie 10 different ways, but there's only one way this movie can end. The dinosaurs right. get out. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow. But you're you're a better man than I because you're more mature and all that stuff and but you're going to be tested. I know I have to let you go cuz I got a plane. And by the way, Thank you for doing this. I, I don't Thanks for know. Me, uh, man. Appreciate it. I know you came here to do this. I know you're always on the road, so I can't be that big-headed about it. You got to be. You got to be somewhere that's not where you're supposed to be <laughs> at any moment. So you put this on your stop, and uh, I know you got to get back on the road. But um, I really did enjoy your show. I don't enjoy that that many shows, and I. Wanted to do this because I was like, well, I'm going to get this guy right before he's too big to do it <laughs> because he's going to be too big to do it. But I hope you won't forget us. I wanted when to do you, this. When you're, I, when you're... I, I, I wanted to do this. I, I enjoy the conversations you have. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm deeply curious. I just, I'm fascinated no, this, by this you was, and this format. This was more yeah. fun than a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> it as much as I did. I did. I, I figured I was going to ask you one other thing before I went into that, but I forgot. Oh, should I do my... Uh, I'm at the uh, Hobby Center for the Performing Arts. <laughs> so smooth, Alan, isn't it? <laughs> in Houston, March 2nd, March 3rd, the Performing Arts Center in El Paso. Oh, this means your show's going to air very quickly, so it'll be right after yep. your movie. Yep. What's the name of your movie that just came Which out? Which one? Ordinary Angels. It's out today. Ordinary or Angels. Yesterday for some February 23rd. And then I'll be March 23rd at the Jackie Gleason Theater in Miami. Did you ever get to any of these? Did you ever get to Miami? I did. just went there with my wife. Let's yeah, we fucking do vacay. Miami together. Amen. <laughs> Come you tell me when you're going. I'm there. I want to March 23rd at the right. Jackie Gleason <laughs> Theater. You're always on the road. I just road. wanted to hear that Get your time. hobo stick. That's what I picture you. You have a hobo stick. I'm Johnny Appleseed. With the clothes. Yeah. That was a funny bit in the thing where, where you, in the first run where you uh, never get the pie. Right. And by the way, f- I waited all season to actually have that pie because they kept going, would you like a piece before you go for the day? And I'm, no, no, I'm going to wait until the very end of the season. It was uh, it was the worst pie I think I've ever had in my entire life. Amen. That was great. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks for coming. My pleasure. All right. All right, man. Club.